Hello, it's Mick Rhodes for the Claremont Courier Podcast, First Take. This is Web Family Looks Back on 50 Years of Economic Empowerment Advocacy. When Reggie Webb was 10, his mother and grandmother packed him a sack of fried chicken and pound cake and put him on a bus from South Bend, Indiana for a 30-hour ride to Madison, Arkansas, where he was to help his great-grandparents tend to their five-acre farm. When he crossed the Mason-Dixon line for the first time in his life at the Illinois-Missouri border, he had to change seats. You know, uh, he knows white-only colored sections of the bus, white sections in the front, colored in the back. Down in Arkansas, he was familiarized with colored entrances, race-segregated restrooms, and drinking fountains. You were taught very quickly once you were, you know, going south or, and, and reminded all the time while you were there what behaviors were expected of you. And they, you know, all were uh, behaviors that allowed you to know every day that you were subordinate. It was a profound experience and helped to plant the seed for what would become a lifetime of working to right that wrong. Along with his wife, Renee, and eventually their three children, he would grow a successful food service business to include 16 locations throughout the Inland Empire before retiring in May 2021. That business success helped propel the web's five-decade passion for the economic empowerment of black and other marginalized communities. This past December, California State University San Bernardino recognized that passion when it awarded the couple, who have lived in the Claraboya neighborhood of Claremont since 1998, honorary doctors of humane letters degrees. Born in South Bend, Indiana, Reggie's family came to Southern California when he was 11. Wife Renee was born in Medford, Massachusetts. She made the trek to the Golden State in 1966 at 16. Los Angeles was far from a colorblind utopia. It had unspoken racial covenants such as redlining that served to keep people of color segregated. The map was dotted with sundown towns with posted signs informing black people they needed to be outside the city limits by dusk. The American Nazi party set up shop in Glendale and the Ku Klux Klan didn't ride through town on horseback, but it did and does operate in Los Angeles, albeit in suit and tie, not sheets and hoods. But beyond that, you know, it was a pretty free environment. I mean, you know, I went to Pacific Ocean Park. And, you know, if you get on the bus or on the trolley and go to a lot of these uh, places to the beach and that kind of stuff, and you and your friends were free to go and do whatever anybody else could do. Both Renee and Reggie came of age during a time of civil rights demonstrations, assassinations, war, riots, and social upheaval. Reggie's worldview expanded after joining the U.S. Coast Guard. He was home on leave when he met Renee on a blind date in March 1967. He was stationed at Nalameda, a stone's throw away from San Francisco, the nexus of 1960s West Coast political and social counterculture. It was very difficult not to be involved and aware of what was happening you know, at that point, 18, 19 years old, an African-American, there was the season of flower power, and uh, the Black Panther Party was in its ascendancy. Though he mostly enjoyed his time in the Coast Guard, many officers hailed from the American South. Coming from California, the overt racism was jarring. I thought it 
was inconsistent with promise of the United States. And um, I was very disappointed in, in that fact. And it was also very different from what my experiences were in just living and growing up in Los Angeles. In 1973, Reggie and Renee, recently married and new homeowners, were looking for stability. The McDonald's Corporation had recently gone public with an IPO. The company was growing fast, and they needed black talent in Los Angeles. Reggie spent 12 years as an employee, the last five as a regional vice president of Southern California. Then, in 1985, the Webbs became McDonald's franchisees with their first two restaurants in Pomona. They would grow that business to include 16 locations in the Inland Empire before retiring in May 2021. The couple's three children, sons Kareem and Kyle, and daughter Kiana, have each followed their parents' example of combining business acumen with community service, serving on the boards of multiple nonprofits and foundations. Kiana is now the president of Webb Family Enterprises, and Kyle is its CFO. Kareem has continued his family's food service tradition and owns four Buffalo Wild Wings locations. Our kids uh, and I are still involved in our business, uh, but our passion was always in developing people and particularly in social equity enterprises. And so we're now full-time working to develop people that have a similar back- background to ours to go-, to go on to become entrepreneurs. The couple have a uniquely long view of the black experience in America. Despite recent setbacks with respect to voting rights, Reggie said he thinks of progress as a constantly fluctuating graph, but with the trend line of consistent upward motion. When I take a look at the African-American community today, that trend is up. No question in my mind. He cited representational improvements for black Americans in media and housing as a cause for optimism, but was less upbeat about a nagging shortfall in that most crucial measurement, economic mobility. Unfortunately, we have reached a point where a lot of people think that African-Americans are doing better than they are. Today, at 13 or 14% of the population, we own 1% of the GDP. And as long as that's the case, you're going to have a very sizable percentage of African Americans who are impoverished and living in environments that they have no opportunity to escape. Capitalism is driven by winners and losers. Competitors engage, market shares are divided, some businesses ascend and others contract or disappear. On paper, it's survival of the fittest. But is the system tilted against black Americans? We're a capitalist country, and if you're not playing in the capitalist environment, you're going to always be further behind and falling further behind economically. And the economic success is where power and influence comes from. And if we have one-tenth of the family income of a white family, of the average white family in the United States, then we are going to always be subordinate in terms of the privileges of being an American. And so that is where the change needs to occur, and that is where the fight really is in my mind. Web Family Enterprises continues to be a source of change in the community. The second generation of Webs run it now, but despite their recent retirement, 
their elders are no less passionate about growing its reach and empowering the underserved. And their family is also growing. This year they will add a grandchild and a great-grandchild to their current roster of six grandchildren and one great-grandchild. I always close interviews by asking my subjects if they have anything else they'd like the Courier readers to know. Reggie chimed in first. I think that, you know, life has been uh, a blessing. A blessing and a privilege, and it still is. We're in the fourth quarter, and every, every quarter has its assets and liabilities, the things that you learn, things that you look forward to, and uh, the things that, you know, your disappointments. But overall and on balance, uh, it's hard to believe that we, starting from where we started from in life, uh, could have had a better life than the one that we had. We had a good life, really good life. This has been Mick Rhodes for the Claremont Courier Podcast First Take. Thanks for listening.